I jokingly like to say that I got a hundred guys with beards to get their picture taken for kids. Washington State Podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. My guest today is Amy Faulkner, and I'm going to read this like I just told her I was going to do, folks, but I'm going to read it straight off of her LinkedIn. It says, Amy Faulkner, Gilly Wagon, Dead Men of Whiskey, Seattle Cocktail Week, Public Speaker, Jefferson Award winner. So let's play Podcast Jeopardy. I'll take Dead Men of Whiskey for 200, please. Tell me a little, first off, welcome. Tell us about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Amy Faulkner and all of those things are true, I guess, is where we start. (laughs) And I didn't know if I was supposed to answer that with um, what is a podcast about dead men and whiskey, Um, but that would have been probably the correct Jeopardy answer on that. Correct Jeopardy answer. So I was introduced to you because of the Seattle Cocktail Week. Mm Mm-hmm. But just before we, quote unquote, hit the button, I asked you another question. And I think I'd like to start there, actually. This is what I warned you about, like, no scripting, and we're going to bounce all over the place. I have never heard of a Jefferson Award, and you are a Jefferson Award winner. That is correct. Please enlighten me. So the Jefferson Award is a national award, and it is given to people typically that are doing um, good in the world. It's usually in the nonprofit industry. It was started by a man named Sam Beard and Jackie O back in the day. Jackie O, like Onassis? Jackie O? Yep, that Jackie O. Oh, wow. Okay. And it is um, considered like a Nobel Prize, but in public service. Okay. And... You won this award, and what were you doing that got you this notoriety? I jokingly like to say that I got 100 guys with beards to get their picture taken for kids, Um, but that is what got me the notoriety. I am an event planner by trade, and 2008, when the recession hit, I was new to Seattle. I knew that there weren't going to be a lot of events during a recession, And I started something called Beard and Stash Fest, which was getting a bunch of guys with facial hair to get their photos taken and to raise money for foster kids in Washington state. That's very cool. It was, it was definitely a twist on how you normally raise money, but we had a hundred contestants the first year. It ran for five years in total. It raised $32,000 for foster kids. That's very cool. Thank you. Very cool. Okay. Well, congratulations. And that's awesome. Thanks. So I think Gilly Wagon is probably the the thing that is above everything else you do. It it kind of underneath that. that. For having a a small business, Gilly Wagon is the parent company of, of the small businesses. Okay. First off. What is a gilly wagon? The a, 
not my business, but a ghillie wagon, the term is a circus term. And it is the ornate cart that takes the circus from one location to another. And since most of the time we are making events and producing events, we're basically bringing the fun. So we are the ghillie wagon. That's a, I like that. That's, Thank that's you. cool. I'm that's also cool. slightly circus obsessed. So it, okay. All right. Let's well. go down that. Let's tell me oh, more. No. Tell us more. Um, I just think that the I'm I'm a big fan of history, which Dead Men of Whiskey kind of uh, would lead you to understand that. But um, <laughs> I think of the circus and I think that there are a lot of bad things that happened with the circus and things like that. But when you look at it from the entertainment perspective of the 1800s. It was something that was completely new. It was bringing moments of delight and unexpected things to the masses. And so it had a lot of good qualities too. Okay. So if you were to go back in time, what would be the circus event you'd want to see? Oh, I think being able to see some of P.T. Barnum's antics, because that's the only word that can properly describe it. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the the early, early, like when P.T. Barnum had his museum, um, all of those. I don't know. There's a lot. I'd love to see Tom Thumb. Okay. I, I, I have this... Um, curiosity about there's a lot of speculation back and forth on if because of his situation he was exploited or treated really well and had a life that he normally wouldn't have and like there's only one way to answer that question it's talking to him and he's no longer with us obviously so i'm just curious about things okay all right so Gilly Wagon brings the fun. We've got the historical surf, s- s- circus. Mm-hmm. Words can be hard for me sometimes. Circus reference. What sort of events do you guys specialize in? Ooh, that's a hard question to answer. We do everything from small 40-person dinner parties to 40,000-person festivals. So. Okay. There's not like one, this is the thing we do, but I think what we specialize in is that unique and unexpected. And when we produce events ourselves, it's usually kind of combining some artistic features into it. Uh, We do a lot of events with alcohol and that's probably because we run Seattle cocktail week. Um, (laughs) But not all events are alcohol. We have some community festivals that we do like hot sauce fest and we work with clients on a variety of different types of events. Are you a fan of hot sauces? I, well, it would be terrible if I said I wasn't a fan of hot sauce, but I ran hot sauce fest. Well, but I mean, are you one of those people that, that, you know, you you (laughs) must have it thermal nuclear hot and you must be crying and and, in insufferable pain because you tried some, Somebody's, you know, yeah, I know my that- son loves, my son loves this stuff. And I, I, I find jalapenos to be hot. So uh. I know I can appreciate a, a good hot sauce. I'm not the person that wants my mouth to be burning 
um, okay. all the time. So basically, I would rather have the the flavor over the burn. Okay. All right. And we can we can live it. With, that would be the way I am too because the flavor is cool. It's the heat that just you know yeah. just. So where do we want to go? I'm going to give you a choice here. Do we want to talk about Deadman and whiskey or do we want to talk cocktails? Well, usually I have a few cocktails before I start talking about Dead Men of Whiskey, but we can start with <laughs> Dead Men of Whiskey today. Well, you have a couple of cocktails before we get started. It's okay. It's it's five o'clock somewhere at the somewhere. time of recording. Yes. So your podcast, Dead Men of Whiskey. Mm-hmm. I once again, when when your name was presented to me, and it was around Seattle Cocktail Week, and I I look at the Gilly Wagon website and I see this. Dead men of whiskey, and I just stopped. I went, "Oh, wait a second! I don't care about cocktail week. I, I this sounds really, really cool." And so it stopped me in my tracks. Yes. What's the story? How did you get? I mean, you already said you like history, so I'm I'm guessing there's some of that. But how did you get started with this? And yeah, walk us through this 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 podcast, please. I hate to say that it was almost a joke, but it was almost a joke. Um. Because of my work with Seattle Cocktail Week, I visited the Jack Daniels Distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee in 2019. And in touring and doing the distillery tour, they talk about how Jack Daniels passed away. And when they were talking about it, I realized that there were all these names on bottles that we know, like Evan Williams and Jack Daniels, and there's a plethora of, of names but we don't mm-hmm. know anything about the person that those names come from. And so they had an interesting story about Jack Daniel, the man, and mm-hmm. it kind of resonated with me. And I was like, it's weird that, you know, everybody knows this name. Nobody knows the man. And then we happened to have a brand that signed up for cocktail week. And the name of the brand is James E. Pepper. And I okay. had this not- like, it's it's a smaller brand, but I had this like thought floating around in my head that I should look up the history and know more about these names. And when this brand signed up, I was like, but how did this guy die? I started looking randomly into the history of this man. And he was like the P.T. Barnum of the whiskey world. And oh. It's a fascinating story. And then I was like, we have to do a podcast about this. Like, there's so many guys. And I think part of it is like, there's a good chance that these men drank a lot of their own product. So they had very interesting (laughs) lives. And so I had been toying with the idea. And at that point, I was like, I just need to get through the, the upcoming Seattle cocktail week. And then when the pandemic set in, I was like, well, this gives me the time to start this podcast. And 40 episodes later. uh, Here we are. Here we are. So out of your 40 episodes, give us a snippet. Give us a name that so far has been like really fascinating. Like you didn't expect it to be and like the story took a turn that you're like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. I think James E. Pepper, because I had no idea who he was going into it. And then he was very flamboyant and showman, like the showmanship that this guy had was insane. Um, And I, he's one of these people that when you read the story, 
the stories in history, you're like, I don't know if he's arrogant and I would hate him if it was real life, or I'm just absolutely fascinated by him. So James E. Pepper, <laughs> I've named my one of my vehicles after him. He's like one of my favorites. There's um, a few Jameses. There's James Buchanan. Um, on his last day on earth, he had people carry him on a stretcher to the racetrack. Um, are you talking President Buchanan? No. Okay. <laughs> Not okay. the same. Uh, he was a distiller in um, uh, England. And oh, okay. Yeah, so we've we've crossed the globe, globe a little bit and covered a few people. Um, so that's one of my favorite. There's also a moonshiner named Popcorn that seemed like the craziest guy ever. There's okay, just so a lot wait, of I can't let you story. off the hook. Can't let you, I can't let you off the hook. What's the backstory? Why is this person named Popcorn? Um, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. I believe that he got into a fight in a bar where, like his local bar, and smashed the popcorn machine, and that's how he got that name. <laughs> But I that okay. could be lore. I could be wrong. That's not a factual statement, probably. But okay. we'll have our we'll have our vast team of fact checkers get that out before <laughs> we uh, before we go live with this episode, <laughs> or we'll put a disclaimer below that you know opinions may not. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I'm looking at this one. And tell me a little bit about you've got a couple. Your last two episodes I see here, Pappy Van Winkle. Uh huh. As you probably know, Pappy is kind of considered the the gold standard of bourbon. And I think that as much as there's a frenzy going on around finding his bourbon, again, not a lot of people know the story. And he was actually one of the more tame people that we covered, but we felt like we needed to cover him because there's like so much interest in his product. Right. Right. So then let's tie this into Seattle cocktail week. Okay. Before we get started there, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Do you have a preferred cocktail? This question comes up like almost daily. And I would say it changes almost daily too. So okay. it's kind of whatever I'm in the mood for. I, Um, yeah, I mean, last night we did a scotch tasting and I was lucky enough to be able to pair an 18 year old scotch with chocolate. Um, I love a good gin and tonic. I love a good French 75. I think I skew more towards gin, but again, that changes quite frequently too. Is there a cocktail you don't like? (laughs) I'm allergic. Like for example, for me, I don't, I, I, well, first off, for full disclosure, gin is something I've never developed a taste for. Mm-hmm. Vodka is right about there too for me. So, and I don't like tomato juice. So like, I will never drink a Bloody Mary. That's just not. Right. That's just no. I think. Um, well, I'm allergic to strawberry, so anything with strawberry in it, I'm never going to order. Okay. Um, I like the really peaty scotches. I'm mm. not a huge fan of, but I do like mezcal. So like the smokiness just has to be a non-peaty smokiness. Okay. All right. Um, okay. 
And other than that, I think a lot of it is how it's prepared. And we're lucky in this city that we have a lot of great people to make us drinks. Right. Right. So what was the motivation for Seattle Cocktail Week? Being in events and I've worked in bars in the past, I realized that there was this huge disconnect between people that were going out. Like if you're the average person, you're going out to get drinks for happy hour after work or on the weekend. And it doesn't really lend a great opportunity to ask questions and learn about spirits. And I've always been fascinated with all the bottles behind the bar. And if there's no place for us to ask those questions or get that education, um, it makes it hard for us to like grow in that area. And there's such a food scene in the city and we have some great bartenders, but I feel like it wasn't being celebrated as much as it needs to be. So Seattle cocktail week was designed that we're going to celebrate all things cocktails in the Emerald city, but also through that, um, we're able to introduce people to new brands or new spirits or things that they might not try and bars that they may not have gone to, or they've always been on their list to visit, but they just never made it out there. And really, I mean, Seattle has the bar that was named the best new American bar in 2019. And we've got, um, we're kind of on the map as an upcoming rum, uh, center in the U.S., which seems weird, but it doesn't. And yeah, so I think that there's a lot of really good things happening and we're very much a foodie city and we need to bring cocktails along with that. Okay. So I have two questions based on those statements. Number one, in 2019, what was the name of the bar? Um, uh, Navy Strength in Belltown. Navy Strength in Belltown. It's it's still the name of the bar. Okay, still <laughs> it's still in Belltown. Yes. Okay. Why do you think, I mean, on the surface, Seattle and rum don't seem like a natural connection to me. Why do you think Seattle is getting some notoriety for its rum scene, if you will? I think that, and this is just speculation, but we have uh, Rumba on Capitol Hill that Mm -hmm. is really highlighting rum in the best way possible. And it started putting us on the map. And then the addition of Navy strength, having like an underlying Tiki theme. And I think that there's just a lot of eyes on Seattle for what we're doing with rum, which seems very weird because typically when we think rum, we're thinking, uh, warm, sunny places, which Seattle mm-hmm. doesn't fall into, um, or maybe it does three days a year. But the <laughs> the the area itself, we had the first franchise of Trader Vic's, and we've we do have a little bit of history with with rum in this area. So maybe we're all trying to envision ourselves in a warm, sunny place versus a, a, a damp, dreary place. Yes. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the connection. Well, I mean, some of that is about escapism too. So if you're drinking right. a, a rum cocktail, you might be feeling that Island vibe. Right. 
So let me put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Give me an example of an interesting, to you, interesting rum cocktail. Oh, man. Because I'm not a, so rum is also, I mean, I don't, I just don't drink a lot of rum. So, you know, a rum and Coke is just, you know, no no one's going to find that particularly interesting. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, what, so what's an, what's kind of something creative you've seen um, in your travels? I mean, there's tons of creativity, but I think that where you really, if you want a cocktail and you want it to be rum, the best way to highlight that is through a daiquiri, which some people are going to be thinking immediately Applebee's TGI Friday's daiquiri. Um, (laughs) That's not what I mean at all. Um, And this is like the straightforward daiquiri approach, not the frozen blender drink of a daiquiri. Okay. Okay. But I mean, there's a million ways you can enjoy any spirit. Give me an example. If you were, if you were to say, okay, Scott, I'll make you a rum cocktail right now. What would you make me? I don't even know. Like, that's the thing. I think I would make a daiquiri. Okay. All right. And But not the Applebee's type. Not the Applebee's type. And I'll also say that I am a firm believer, whether it's coffee or cocktails, that somebody else handing you a drink makes it taste 10 times better. And so, oh, absolutely. so I probably wouldn't make you the drink. I would take you to the place that's going to make the best. But drink. see, if you made me the drink, you're handing it to me. So it's going to taste better. <laughs> it's true. But so <laughs> mine wouldn't taste better. So well, we'd go somewhere. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Gotcha. So we're going to go out somewhere and try it. All right. So you, the idea is to celebrate Seattle cocktail culture. Mm-hmm. How has Seattle Cocktail Week evolved over the last few years? Well, there has been a pandemic in the middle of the last few years, so the the evolution's <laughs> been a little awkward. But um, <laughs> we started in 2019 and had a great first year. 2020, we had a great half of um, Cocktail Week because... Cocktail week is the first week in March. And if you remember, that's when everything kind of fell apart starting in Seattle. So we were the first one, we were shut down in the middle of the event. And so half of our week happened and the other did not. So you're, you have the, it seems weird Mm -hmm. that in October, we're recording this in October of 2021, that we are talking about 2022 it's right around the corner, but it still seems. It seems weird to, to you. It seems yeah. very close to us. Okay. So February 27th to March 6th is when the 20, 2022 cocktail week, Seattle cocktail week is going to happen. Correct. What can you share about this upcoming cocktail week with us? So the week itself will feature cocktails all around the, the the city where the bartenders are making their best favorite cocktails. They're, they want to highlight what they can do. So sometimes that's coming off of their regular menu. They're making something new for the week. Sometimes it's like putting some emphasis on the great stuff that's already on their menu. And mm-hmm. it is designed to get you to go out and like try all those places that you've always wanted to try, but never have had the reason to will be your reason. And then mm-hmm. During the week, a lot of the places are doing special events. So 
in the past, we've seen everything from dance parties to whiskey tastings to um, kind of all over the board on what people are offering. And it's a good, oh, dinner pairings. That's always a great one as well. And then during the week, we have some industry education. So if you're a bartender, you can come and learn all of the new things that are happening in the industry. And then on the weekend, that Saturday, March 5th, is our big tasting event, which is called Cocktail District. Cocktail District. Yes. All right. And then, I'm, yes. What is that? Co- I'm looking at the Cocktail District page. I want to know what is that cocktail that you're featuring on that? That's a great photograph. Thank you. I can't think of what photograph it is off the top. I think yeah, we just changed it. Okay. So. It's a thumbs up. Thank Beautiful you. Photograph. Thank you. So what is, so let's talk about cocktail district then. What, if somebody were to attend this, what are they going to, what are they going to experience? So it is a, we call it the carnival of cocktails. See how I got that circus theme going in there a little bit, but basically (laughs) um, it is a tasting event. So you'll get a ticket, you get 12 uh, tasting tokens And you come in and we have different themed rooms. So we've got a whiskey area, a tiki area, um, vodka, gin, agave spirits, specialty spirits, a scotch room. And you get to come in and try those things that you've never had before. The event itself is... 2020, it was slated to be the largest consumer spirits tasting event in the world. We had 459 different um, SKUs represented, 459 different things that you could try. You faded out there. I heard 459 and then your microphone went soft. Please repeat that. We had 459 different spirits that you could try. I did hear that correctly the first time. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yes. I, we don't recommend doing all of that in one day. <laughs> but you, well, I guess you couldn't. Wow. Now, when you say spirits, you mean Jack Daniels would count as one and Jim Beam would count as two, correct? Yes, but it might be okay. like Jack Daniels rye and Jack Daniels honey and Jack Daniels right. okay. apple. Okay. But that's a massive... Um, that's a massive selection of, of choices for, for somebody to experience. Correct. It is a, it is a lot. We have, um, the brand ambassadors from all over the world come in for the event. So you're learning from the experts on what makes it different. They're usually doing either neat pours so you can taste it directly or mini cocktails. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, you already have a certain collection of like, you know what these things taste like. So you get to walk around the event and like, see what's interesting and what intrigues you or something that you may have heard of on a cocktail menu that you've never, ever tried. And that's your place to try it. So this is kind of then a, not necessarily brought to you by a local Seattle bar, but brought to you by the 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 
distributors, if you will. Well, it's brought to you by Gillywagon, but um, okay. Well, yeah. okay, but you you you're working with uh, the distributors of these brands, correct? And to show to showcase their products, and we do have um, a lot of local brands that participate. There's a lot of great distilleries in the area that are there, and so there's some that are. We do everything from like your tiny. Um, we do. 600 bottles a year distillery that's local to something like Jack Daniels. Okay. That's doing more than 600 bottles a year. Yeah. So to soak up all this alcohol, we have food trucks. We do. Always a good combo. Food trucks and alcohol. Yes. Seem like they, well, got to decouple them from a driving standpoint, but you get the idea. <laughs> uh, but the thing that intrigues me here is. Tell me about this retail store that you have, because it says here, and I'm reading off your site, so hopefully this is still correct information because I'm not trying to put you on the spot. And I like this. It says, try the good stuff and then buy some for home. Our retail store will offer every product you've tried. So you're telling me that there's over 400 different, I mean, this is like the, I don't know the Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory of alcohol I'm, with no tax and the proceeds of the retail sales go to they're supporting local charity. Correct. So you're telling me I can go to this event. I can try a bunch of stuff, 12 tickets can try 12 different things. If I like something, I can go purchase it and I'm helping charity. Correct. So we have a charity partner that runs the store and okay. they are, Basically, all of the proceeds they get to keep. And in Washington State, each charity can do one fundraiser a year that's tax-free. So they chose to do this tax-free, which equates to about a 20% savings in Washington State. So everything that you've tried, you I guess you don't even have to try it. Anything you want to stock up on, um, that pop-up bottle shop is quite an undertaking because there are so many products involved in it. Um, but it's a really great opportunity. You basically, as you're walking around and you see something that you like and you want it, you put it in your shopping cart using your phone and um, it sends the order in. And then when you get to the exit of the event, you just pick it up there. That's very cool. So from the outside looking in it, this, the, way, the way I perceive the state of Washington is that we're not uh, particularly cutting edge when it comes to liquor laws. And during, and during the pandemic, I was amazed when I read that they would allow cocktails to go. Correct. As a way of helping restaurants and bars try to keep the doors open. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a pretty... For the state, I thought that was incredibly innovative. So now, and you're, you're laughing. It's, it's it's no one else will see this but me, and she's <laughs> laughing, folks. Um, now you're telling me I can order with my phone while walking around in a convention room. I want a bottle of this, and then pick it up as I'm walking out. How did we get the state to agree to this? Well, that just seems you're, logistically crazy. You're basically making your list on your phone, and then it's just like a pop-up bottle shop. They have the right permit to do it. Um, they permit the whole event. So actually, the the a portion of those the ticket sales from Cocktail District are also going to that nonprofit partner. 
Um, okay. I could speak a lot about the laws in Washington state around liquor. Um, <laughs> and I think that there is room for improvement in the state. I love everybody at the liquor control board. Don't call me after this mad, but I, <laughs> I do think that there are, we're, we are notoriously one of the hardest states as far as like the laws and deciphering the laws. And I think that a lot of it is um, the, this is now, now I'm like preaching, but I think a lot of it was when we came out of prohibition, which was over a hundred years ago, uh, but who's counting? it wasn't over a hundred years ago. It was over whatever it's over 80 yeah, over 80 mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um we designed this set of rules that the interest was to not have over service and not be serving um sure. kids and like throughout the time throughout those 80 years we've been adding things on so they haven't been a cohesive set of rules and it's probably time as a state that we revisit those and kind of look at what are the important things and have less gray area and more okay. clear. Well, because for, for the long time, we weren't allowed to have distilleries in the state. Correct. You know, and that, so that's lightened up and, and I don't, I'm not trying to turn this into a political conversation at all. This Me is neither. probably the most political I've ever been in a hundred <laughs> plus episodes, but it, it, you know, but, but look at the, but look at the, the number of distilleries that have, have opened up and are contributing to the economy and providing jobs. And we've got some award-winning distilleries in this state. that are making some amazing spirit beverages. I mean, they're just, they're amazing. And I, I, I'm with you. I think it'd be nice if it was more uh, stream, modernized, streamlined and modernized. Yeah. How's that? I don't think either of us were trying to actually make a political statement. It's just that every once in a while with anything you're doing in life, you should step back and reassess it and say, is this working and what's the best way to do this? And is this it? Right. Well, how much does this event, uh, what are tickets for this event and where is it going to be? It's at Bell. So let's talk about that. Bell Harbor International Conference Center, also known as Pier 66 um, okay. in Seattle on the Sound. And tickets, general admission tickets start at $64.99. Um, they go up from there to $99, which is a VIP ticket. Um, the VIP ticket gets you an hour specialized session before the event and then 30 minutes early entry into the event. Okay. What is, there's a fast pass ticket. What is, what is, what is that? So we have a couple of fast pass options. It's basically, we have a line that is guaranteed to be shorter. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and some of them put you into a specific room. So there is a whiskey fast pass. So if you are a whiskey fan and you want to get in that room first and, try everything before anybody else. Um, you get that ticket. I think it's limited to a hundred per fast pass okay. session. So okay. that means you're going to get in and get drinking quicker than anybody else. Okay. How many? Yeah. I'm looking. Wow. There's a lot of choices here. Isn't there? Yeah. We like choices. Oh. Wow. Okay. Wow. 
How many people do you anticipate will attend this this event? 5,000 people. So we have two sessions. Each session is open to 2,500 people. Um, wow. We have a huge footprint within that. Within the venue, we have 10 different tasting areas. So it is not as crowded and crazy as one might think. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to everyone joining us for it. That's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Well, let's bounce back though to the to the 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 bars that are participating in cocktail week. Okay. What do you want to bounce back to? Well, so are they since I haven't attended before and, and since I'm out of town and I'm just going to pick one I'm looking at just cuz I think I like the name Life on Mars. I just think that's kind of a cool sounding name. And I know nothing about life on Mars. And of course, nobody does because well, none of us are looking. But <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, um, what would I, ex- and I'm just, I arbitrarily picked this name. What, if I were to show up there during cocktail week, how do you imagine, wh- what would my experience be like? Well, I'm going to be honest and say it's changed a little bit since COVID. In, okay. in the past, our bar partners have offered some sort of featured cocktail at a discounted price. We are opting for 2022 to move away from that because so many of our bar partners are trying to recover from the pandemic. And it just didn't feel fair to say, hey, give us your very, very best cocktails and do it for less money at a time that they're trying to get back on their feet. So we really see the 2022 event as an opportunity for us to like really create this community that we want and support them and getting back on their feet and getting new people to come out and try what they have to offer. So I think when you show up for the event or show up during cocktail week at life on Mars, you are going to get the special Seattle cocktail week menu. And it might be three cocktails that they're really featuring that week and that they want to share with you and Mm -hmm. you get to try something that might not ever be on their menu or um, it is a cocktail that somebody there that's an amazing bartender has wanted to share, but it didn't fit within their, didn't go with their food menu. So it didn't make it on their cocktail menu. Um, There's a lot of different approaches that our different bar partners take in the past. We've had, a the fog room in belltown downtown area they had a cocktail that was like a 45 dollar cocktail because it used really really good whiskey as part of that so it, it really varies quite a bit okay you also do the seattle cocktail club mm-hmm. i'm noticing a theme here cocktails <laughs> and seattle seem to be in <laughs> yes, my my mom mentions this theme quite a bit. It, I think it scares her a little bit, but um, so <laughs> Seattle Cocktail Club is the it's a group of people in Seattle that really like cocktails, and we started it kind of as a social club that when Cocktail Week wasn't going on, people could go out and like experience, have cocktail experiences, and meet new people and do new things and center it around cocktails. Um, During COVID and the pandemic, 
we have moved a lot of that to online and virtual, and especially in the early COVID days when you just couldn't do an event or go out and have a cocktail. And we've partnered with bars around the city. They'll put together the cocktail kits, cocktail club members go and pick them up, and then we'll get online with some amazing people that are going to tell us about those cocktails. So we have had um, a couple weeks ago, we got a, a virtual tour with a distillery in Japan while talking to them about their shochu. Um, it like there's experiences that came about because of the pandemic that we would have never had that opportunity to like walk through the the Japanese distillery or we had one night that it was um, an Amaro class that the great, great grandson of the, the founder of this Italian company joined us from Italy to talk about the family's product while we drank cocktails and learned about it. So that sounds really cool. Last night we had a scotch and chocolate tasting, which was deliciously cool. So what, what scotch do were you tasting? Well, because so I'm looking here and, and okay. So I scotch Toberfest. Yes. That's an awesome name. I really like that. So I'm looking at scotch Toberfest, which is running from the 18th of October to the end of October. What we'll come to that in a second, but what scotch, what were you tasting last night? The Glendronic, um, 12 year, 15 year, 18 year, and their Portwood with some of the most, your favorite, the eight, your favorite of those 18 year Glendronic is great. Um, Okay. And then they paired them or we paired them with (laughs) um, these gorgeous chocolates from Forte chocolates in Mount Vernon. Okay. Probably the prettiest box of chocolates I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. So you're not liking the 18 year because of the, because of the chocolate, are you? I mean, you didn't. (laughs) No, I mean, the chocolate makes everything better. I'd be lying if I said it didn't, but um, the 18 year I found last year during Scotchtoberfest and we did a scotch and cheese pairing that time. And the 18 year, it's just, um, it's not their oldest. I, there's just something really great about it. Okay. And their scotches are not peaty at all. So I'm not, a, I think I already mentioned this. I'm not yeah. a big fan of peat, but theirs are great and everybody should try a bottle of it. What? So how does one join the Seattle Cocktail Club? Is there like a private initiation? Do we have a secret handshake? Um, there's no hazing or anything. No hazing. Um, we, you just go to our website, seattlecocktailclub.com and sign up. There is an annual fee. And basically that gets you on our, like we let you know when these things are happening If it is, we have two kinds of events, summer members only. Those are the more exclusive events that we have limited capacity for. And then there are some events that are larger that 
Seattle Cocktail Club members get a discount on. So that membership fee that you pay, it's really just an administrative fee on our side, but it gets you, it pays for itself within typically four or five events a year, and it's paid for it on the amount you've saved on those tickets. Well, I'm looking here. I just, I thought I had looked at your website, the Seattle Cocktail Club website more thoroughly than I did. I just stumbled on a library Uh with a bunch of recipes. Yeah. So who's, who's coming up with the recipes? We have, um, it varies. So some of them we've worked with bartenders around town when we're working on events and they come up with the cocktails. We have a bartender on staff here at Gilly Wagon. Um, Her name is Abigail. Of course you do. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it's way better if somebody hands you a drink. Uh, And so her name is Abigail Golo. She has many accolades in the bartending world. And she does a lot of those cocktail recipe development for, for the events. And then sometimes a brand might bring it to us and say, we've, we have this recipe and this is what we want to feature in the event. And we put those recipes up because we know that people, especially right now, are at home and wanting to find a good cocktail to try. So I'm going to put you on the spot in this library. Any of these, what resonates with you? Oh, what's, I might have to pull the library up because I'm yeah, not sure well, we, what's We're going to pause. We're going to let you pull it. Yeah, because there's dozens of recipes here. Hmm. With some really cool names. Oh, wow. I haven't even seen all of these. I mean, the dude abides. Where is that one? The Carla Marie was one of my favorites just because it has cereal milk in it. Okay. There's a lot of good options. There's, there's some, we'll put a link to this in the, in the show notes because there's, I have to look, the Washingtonian actually intrigues me. Where did you even find this? There's a lot in here. If there's a lot, that's what I'm saying. I went back several pages. So it's two ounces of Woodenville bourbon, half or half an ounce of bourbon cherry syrup, quarter ounce of vermouth, two dashes of old fashioned bitters. Yeah. And then you smoke it. Yes. Yeah. I need somebody to hand me one of those. Right. Because if I make it, it won't be as, as good. <laughs> You'll have to come up to Seattle and come by our office. So, yeah, if this is a perk of working for you, I think your uh, your applications will <laughs> you're going to be flooded with applicants. So, wait. And now I have solved so, the labor shortage. So You have solved. You know, we've read a lot of people, you know, people are not applying for jobs right now. I think we might have just come up with a strategy to uh, keep employers with Lots of uh, opportunities. Yeah. The, you got some just, these are fascinating. These are, these are absolutely fascinating. Two other things on your website. And we're, we're, I want to talk the bartender circle. So is this a community for bartenders to support each other? It is. And it's a national community for bartenders to support each other. So we obviously have a larger audience in the Seattle area because we personally know a lot of the bartenders in the Seattle area. But what we wanted to create is an area for bartenders to support each other. That's not just a Facebook group where they're complaining about customers. It's more like, (laughs) how do we, um, 
support each other on a peer-to-peer level, give great advice, be positive. It's um, and like share educational things and stuff like that. So the group itself during cocktail week will have the bartender circle summit, which is that industry education that I talked about previously. But we also throughout the year have some online things, programming, educational things. We have a discord channel so people can chat with each other, bring up different topics and then also participate regionally. So if there's areas that have a larger population, they can have their own discord channel. Okay. And then this one just chuckles, makes me chuckle Uh-oh. and make them wobble. Oh man. <laughs> so I guess that this is, I, I have Bob Ross would say that I have a lot of happy little accidents, but years and years and years ago, 10 years ago, I became a little bit obsessed with making jello shots and started at the time a Tumblr blog about jello shots. One of the things that I made, and it's it's on the website right now, is a complete Thanksgiving dinner made out of jello. And it included everything from a wild turkey and ginger ale turkey-shaped jello shot to pumpkin pie jello shots and stuffing obviously cranberry and vodka um and formed in the can just like you'd have cranberry sauce at thanksgiving and <laughs> this um the the legend of this blog lived on for 10 years and last year we brought it back and have been making i don't like to call them jello shots because we actually don't use jello in them we're using a lot of like fruit purees and um things and then making them gelatinous and delicious and weird okay you've just teed me up one of my questions i love to ask guests are what idea did you have you're like this sounds like this will be great and I have a feeling that some here, somewhere in this make them wobble, we've got some, we've got some ideas that didn't quite make the cut. Oh yeah, there's definitely. Um, actually, the last fail that I've had with make them wobble is again we're not using any Jello, so it's all like what you mix together and then make it set up with gelatin, and right. It was around St. Patrick's Day. I wanted to make something that was similar to a shamrock shake, like okay. like the McDonald's shamrock shakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I had the creme de menthe, and I lost track in my brain, and it went from me focusing on flavor to me using the color of it to change the color of the we call them wobble shots, jello shots. Okay. And so I added too much and it was basically like having a puck of Listerine. It was like <laughs> so disgusting, so bad. And really I should have just added food coloring to make it the green color that I wanted, which I would have done with any other spirit, but because it was green in color, it threw me off my game. Great for dates though. They were great. 
good brand. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's just, no, you're not going to, I don't think you could top that. Yeah. I'm going to come back to drinks giving. How long does it take to prepare a full drinks giving? That drinks giving was 10 years ago. And I remember it starting days in advance. So, okay. um, but also I was pretty new in the world of Jello shot. That was like my big moment. And then I tried okay. to do the George Costanza where I dropped the mic and leave it behind, but that dinner will not leave my history. So um, I think at this point I've kind of got the method down for how to make things. And I think it would be a lot quicker. Okay. At this point, but I still think it would take a day and a half to do as many things. So it's still like preparing a a Thanksgiving meal for a a bunch of guests. It's going to take a lot of work. This is not something you knock out real quick. Correct. And what I didn't mention, and I should, is I don't recommend doing this for anybody because it's the worst party that I've ever thrown. And I've been an event planner for 20 years. And I think it's because my friends came in and... Keep in mind, this was not a public event. This was just for my, just to ruin my friends. And um, they came in and they saw what looked like a Thanksgiving dinner and they knew it was jello shots, but then they just made themselves a plate of jello shots like you would Thanksgiving dinner. So I think by 11 o'clock that night, everybody had already gone home because they, like, it's just not, don't do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. What? It's <laughs> my biggest life advice is being an event planner. My biggest life advice. There we go. I'm going to put you on the spot for some questions now about Seattle cocktails and just Seattle in general. Okay. I'm going to drive over from Wenatchee. It's going to be Thursday evening. So non, non-popular non night, relatively speaking. And I tell you, I want to take me to two cocktail bars in Seattle that are going to surprise me. Ooh. That's all the information I'm going to give you. That's all. So putting you on the spot, where would you take somebody who's familiar with Seattle, but not familiar with Seattle's bar scene, cocktail scene, where would you take me? I really hate playing favorites. I'm not, but, no, it's not favorites. Okay. This is about, you're trying to expose me to something to make me think. Can I give you three answers? Sure. Okay. Three is awesome. So, That's even better than two. Um, I, I would take you to Stampede Cocktail Club in Fremont. Okay. And they are a small bar that has a great cocktail program. So it's a good start okay. because it's like great cocktails, right? They're fun. Okay. They have dumplings. Um. Oh, okay. I like dumplings. and Dumplings are good. And then we'd probably go to either, this is an either or, they're a block away from each other, in Belltown, either the Fog Room or Nest. They're both rooftop bars on top of hotels. They both have great views. They both have great cocktails. So it gives you that unexpected view situation. That's very cool. And then I think the last spot would be 
Inside Passage, hands down. Um, and Inside Passage is newly open. It is the um, tropical, I don't know how they describe themselves, but they're a hidden within rumba. And okay. um, they're drinks are next level as far as it's an experience the design and decor is an experience and it's something that everybody should see okay so now i'm going to expand on our three three stop journey uh-huh. somewhere we got to have some food to counteract a little bit of this alcohol oh well dumplings <laughs> we're gonna okay, have dumplings, dumplings but we're gonna have dumplings yeah Where's another spot where, where, for food? Where would you where would you say, hey, let's go check this place out? You might like this. Oh man! Oh, Parish Northwest in Ballard. They also have okay. good cocktails. Of course, I'm going every place that has good <laughs> cocktails. Um, they have really good food, and it's um, New Orleans inspired, um, but with Northwest ingredients, and their desserts are to die for. To absolutely okay. die for. So now we've had right. dumplings, think, New Orleans food, and dessert. Yeah, I think we're, that's probably, I'll, well, I like coffee mm-hmm. no matter what time of day. Got any coffee recommendations for uh, me? Watson's Counter on 15th and Ballard. I'm noticing a Ballard thing. Well, there. we are located in Ballard, so. Okay. That's probably it. But Watson's. Watson's counter. I've not heard of that. They have Fruity Pebbles French toast, Korean inspired food, and some of the best coffee you can get in the city. Fruity Pebbles French toast. I'd have to try it, but it might be a little too sweet for my taste. But I did like Fruity Pebbles as a kid. It's it's so. not an everyday thing it's more but okay. they have some of the best breakfast sandwiches and okay. yeah they're one of my favorites all right what didn't we cover i feel like we've covered everything i've eaten and drank in the last year so it <laughs> <laughs> must be it we must have covered everything well we'll put we're gonna put some links to to the Seattle Cocktail Week and all of that, so people can check it out. Because if nothing else, just the photography. I, do you have a staff photographer? Because I'm impressed. The imagery that you guys put out is really fantastic. Well, thank you. Um, we have a designer that helps with some of the photography, and I will admit that some of the photography is stock photography because. Every once in a while, we need something that we don't have the right look for. But we do have a designer. She's here in Seattle. She is amazing. Um, And she's the one that makes everything look aesthetically Uh, the way we want it to. It's it's put together. It's very, very nice. What's Well, I guess the last question I'll ask for you today is, what's the future looking like? What do you you think you're going to... Are we going to, you know, uh, the live men of whiskey? Are we going to do, you know, are you going to, what does, you know, do you have any, uh, any creative ideas that you think you might roll out to the world? Um, we do. And it is not resurrecting dead men. 
out of graves. <laughs> but um, obviously, Seattle Cocktail Week is returning in 2022, and we're really excited about that. And a lot of our focus is on that right now. We are planning um, a Dead Men Season 3 that will be late spring of 2022. But we're doing a special Dead Man of Whiskey episode next month with a podcast called Circus Stories. And we're going to talk about the um, circus stories about men that drink too much. So we're it's a collaboration podcast episode, and I'm very excited about that. Okay. And then we are looking to Gillywagon opening our own venue that will be a pop-up for the holidays for 2022. So if people are looking to book a most likely a company holiday party and they want something different, it will be an immersive art and food and beverage experience. And that's all I can say about that so far. Yes. We'll have to check back with you later. I'll, I'll be here. I'm awesome. Well, I thank you so much. This was, this was a lot of fun. I'm uh, this may be the first time I am jealous. I don't live in Seattle <laughs> for a long time. I, I, Seattle's traffic just got to be too much for me, but I'm like, you know, I'm missing out here. I, I, I now realize on a, on a new level, that I'm I'm missing out on some things that sound absolutely amazing, and uh, well, when you the Seattle Cocktail Club, if I could figure out how to drive over and back in time to pick up my my supplies, <laughs> it might be kind of fun. But I I really just think what you guys are doing s- sounds amazing. It sounds like a whole lot of fun. I'm I'm really this is this is very informative for me. Well, thank you. And when you get to Seattle, let us know, and we will make sure that you're going to all the right places. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time and have a fantastic day. All right. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. 